Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining us today at Blue Springs Christian Church. Would you please stand if you're joining us in the room? And for those that are online, uh, we're glad that you could be here to worship with us. Let's just come into a time of, of worship to the Lord. Now, if there's anyone that's new, whether in person or online, if you could please text new uh, to this number, that way we can connect with you. Let's sing together.
sovereign over our lives, Lord, that you care about us, Lord, that you're deeply concerned with our our coming and our going, Lord. We just pray, Lord, in every action, every thought, every word, every deed, Lord, that we can bring you glory. Father, it's no longer we who live, but it's Christ who lives within us, Lord. Help us to just dwell upon that every step, every moment of our lives. Father, you are with us at all times, and we, we thank you for that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you please have a seat? Each week when we gather together, we make sure to set aside a time to give back just a portion of what God has given to us so that we can be obedient in the smallest and the biggest of ways. Please pray with me as we um, bless our offering. Lord, we are so grateful for all that you have given us. We give this back to you humbly, Lord, asking that you use it in the ways that only you can know we need. Thank you, Lord, for sharing your word here in our community and around the world. Lord, help our church know how best to use this to meet your needs. In your name we pray. Amen. If you have any questions on how to give, you can go to our website and check it out there or text the word give to the number on the screen. Or if you're joining us online, feel free to just mail those um, offerings in as well. Whatever is best suited to you. We don't even just serve him in our worship time or in what we give, but also in how we serve out in our community. We have three opportunities to serve just this coming week. The first is kind of an ongoing serve project throughout the entire month, which is writing notes of appreciation to the teachers at one of the local high schools to let them know how much we are praying for them and with them as they teach 
um, the teens in our area. The second is Wednesday the 17th. We're having a blood drive here on campus from 2 to 6 p.m. for um, the Red Cross. So please feel free to jump on the website and sign up for that. And then next Saturday the 20th, from 10 to 2, we will be collecting donations for City Union Missions. These donations will be used by the people who are currently at the um, mission, the homeless people in our um, area, as well as being used in the thrift store to raise funds to help City Union Mission continue on in this tough weather. So please consider bringing in any household um, things such as towels or sheets or men's clothing. Shoes are especially needed, um, as well as any women's and children's clothing. Thank you for participating in those ways. If you are a BSCC regular joining us online, if you could text your names, let us know you're with us, or say hi to us on Facebook. And then if you're new here, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Text the word NEW to that number on the screen so that we can connect with you this week. Thank you. Hi, BSCC. It's great to uh, join with all of you who are online, as well as join with each of you here in, on campus as well. We are kicking off an eight-week series leading up to Easter through the Gospel of Mark, and I'm excited about beginning that with you here in this service. This is a part of the One campaign that we are participating in as a church, and, and I'm going to be talking about some opportunities for you to join in this campaign later in the message, but, but this is a, a campaign that our children's ministry and student ministry are also participating in, and there are around 300 churches in the Metro KC area participating in this one initiative, but, but that's not even, you know, uh, all that are participating. There are churches in cities and countries around the world that are, are joining in as well in this emphasis from Hong Kong to Singapore, South Korea, Indonesia. It's, it's an exciting initiative that uh, God has led us to be a part of. And the goal really is as we, as we experience this campaign that all of us would grow in our understanding of Jesus and, and uh, being closer to Christ and then as a result of that, being inspired and, and being uplifted in, in our faith and in, in our witness for Christ and in our relationship with God. And this first introductory message is entitled, Cheer Up. And I think with you know the events that have happened in our world here over the last 11 months that uh, that all of us probably could use some cheering up and, you know, the, the pandemic as well as other happenings that have occurred around our world have, have really uh, brought about a sense of, of fear and a sense of, of worry in so many and uh, sickness and, and the loss of life and uh, brought about um, a sense of, of uh, financial loss and a sense of loneliness in many, many people and and, and a sense of confusion and conflict 
and even hate and division. And it's really brought about trauma in many people's lives and anxiety and, and, and depression are really at an all-time high in our world right now. I, I was reading a recent study that one out of 10 people around the globe are affected by depression with some 676 million cases worldwide. And uh, in comparison then, the number of homicides each year is about just about half of that. Just to give us a, a sense of the, of the breadth and depth of, of the trauma and difficulty that people around the world are dealing with right now. And, and, I, and I realize this is kind of a gloomy way to begin the message and, and, and start this series. But I think it's just, it's just appropriate to, to recognize that reality is right now all of us can use some, some cheering up. And so I want, I want to start with a statement for, that George Orwell made. And he made this, this is actually a sentence he, he, he put in his journal on, I think it was April the 17th, 1949. But, but listen to these words from George or Orwell. He, he wrote, at 50, everyone has the face that he deserves. Think about that comment. At, at 50, every person has the faith, face that he or she deserves. What do you think he meant by that comment? Well, I, I think that, you know, in living five decades, you, you, you've, at that point, had a significant amount of experiences in life, and you've had to respond to those experiences, and you've had to make choices related to those experiences that have, you know, made a difference really in your outlook on life and from what has gone on on the inside then actually had an effect upon your outward appearance, your countenance, your face as well. And so if, you know, over your, your life, by the time you get to 50, worry and complaint has sort of been what's gone on primarily inside of you that in responding to the world's events and circumstances, then that's going to kind of come out from, you know, increased wrinkles upon your face to, you know, grayer hair and sad eyes and a pronounced frown upon your face. But then on the other hand, if in those five decades, you know, the response has been primarily to the events that have happened in your life and the events of the world uh, to, to really rise above the circumstances and to look you know, for the potential good that, that God, what God may be doing, that if that has been the, the inner response you know, consistently, that also is going to be reflected outwardly in the countenance of your face uh, from the, the pronounced, you know, smile that is there to the, to the warmth and the, the, just the, the, the joy in your, in your eyes that are seen, evident. Ah. And, and so let me ask you, do, do you know anybody like that? And, and I, I know many, many people like that. And this has, to me, been one of the hardest things about uh, the pandemic is having to, to wear these masks when we're together all the time, because I just know so many BSCCers that I just, over the years, have, have just seen the, the joy of the Lord in your face and the, the warmth in your smile that has come from living by faith consistently, that that, that has really gained, you know, in your, in your outward 
uh, appearance and, and face. And so let me just let me just pause and ask you before we begin our journey through through the Gospel of Mark. With your current outlook on life, if you were to sort of project that out, how do you think that your your face would look when you reach the age of 50? And then for those of you, and I would be in that number that have crossed that, that 50 age, as you look in the mirror, how do you think that reflects back what has been happening on the inside in terms of the choices and the responses that you've made over the years. Well, in this introductory message, we're, we're actually going to jump into the middle of Mark and look at a particular story there. And then next week, we'll come back to chapter 1, verse 1 of the gospel and begin to really work our way chapter by chapter through the 16 chapters of Mark. Say, well, why, why are we beginning this way? It's because the particular story that we're looking at in Mark today from chapter 10 really sets the tone for the entire series. And that's why. And when we talk about, you know, cheering up, let me just say this is not in any way artificial. It's not in any way, you know, a, a pretend or fake kind of smile and, and, happiness or uh, it, it's, it's not based upon, you know, just kind of fluff and doesn't really have any substance to it. And let me just also be sure that I, I say I, I don't in any way want anybody to, you know, to feel, feel guilty that is struggling with a, a mental illness or struggling with a, 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 a trauma in your life. Please don't perceive me as saying, you know, hey, you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you know, cheer up already or something. No, no, no. The cheering up that we're talking about here is based upon uh, real hope, ba based upon true, uh, a truth about life, uh, a hope and a truth that, that I believe is found in Jesus Christ. And I know that, that some of you as, you, as you hear me say that, you say, I, I believe that as well, and, and you just kind of want to, you know, shout out, you know, you know preach it, Dave, yes. And then, and then some others that at one point did believe that as well, but circumstances, things have happened where you're not as sure, there's some, some doubt there as well. And, and then for others, there's the question of, I, I don't really know Jesus, I don't really understand what you're talking about in terms of a real, true hope that can bring great cheer and joy found in him. And so I would say wherever, wherever you're at, that the story we're going to look at from Mark here in this introductory message is going to help you uh, come to know Jesus better. So I want you to take a look, please, now at one of the screens. was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So Jesus is you know, with his disciples and he's coming around the city of Jericho. And, and this is really the, you know, the last leg on the, the final trip that he'll take to Jerusalem. And uh, there would be, you know, hundreds of Jews that would be along this main road at this point because, you know, they would be traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And certainly there were, would have been many others there by the side of the road like Bartimaeus calling out, asking for help, begging in, in some way uh, to have uh, a need met. Jericho was basically the last stop before the 3,000-foot the climb up to Jerusalem. And so this, this scene that we just watched here that we're going to be reading about and learning from in Mark, I, I think it's a fairly common scene in our day as well that, that uh, somebody who is um, you know, poor, somebody perhaps that's, that's homeless, finds a, finds a spot or, along a busy road, a well-traveled road to, to, to stay and, and call out and, and ask for help and, and, and hope that there will be some, some help and assistance. But in this particular you know, story, the, the person is, is blind. And so Bartimaeus you know, doesn't know exactly when it is that Jesus is coming by. He's, he's heard you know, Jesus of Nazareth is, is going to be traveling by. And when he has a sense about him that... that Christ is near enough that he, he can call out to him. He, he, he begins to call out and he just, he just asks, you know, have mercy on me. He asks Jesus to have mercy on him. Let's, let's take a look at the text here from Mark 10, 46. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, I think it's important to note that Bartimaeus here doesn't call out, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me, but Jesus, son of David. And that definitely meant something in that day. It, it was a, a way of declaring, I do believe that, Jesus, you are the Messiah. I do believe that you are the, the promised one, the, the anointed one. You know, I, I do believe, Jesus, that, that you can help me here. And the people around him, they're, you know, you know be quiet, you know, you know, stop calling out. You're, you're, getting, you're getting on our nerves, you know, just... And, but he, he would not be deterred, and he just continues to, you know, to, to call out to him, to, to, to Jesus. And then what happens next is, is 
probably or possibly an unexpected thing by you know, the, the crowd that are around, but, but not those that were near to, nearest to Jesus, not his disciples, because they'd seen him do this many times before. Verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Those words, cheer up, the disciples say to Bartimaeus. There, there's the title of, of our message here. Cheer up. He, he's calling you. Have you ever been in a situation where you were just so desperate that uh, you, you didn't know how you were going to you know, make it and, and, and you wondered if anybody would, you know, would ever come and, and help you and come and, and rescue you? I mean, who, who knows how many years Bartimaeus had, had been by the side of a road, just calling out, hoping that somebody would notice him, hoping that he would receive some help. And I can just envision his heart racing here. Uh, you know, I, I, I wonder if there were some tears that came to his eyes as, as the disciples told him that Jesus was calling him to come to him. I, you know, as he throws off his cloak and he stands up and he, and he, and he goes to, to Jesus. Verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Now, why, why would he ask that question? Doesn't, doesn't that seem obvious? I think what's happening here, and we see Jesus doing something very similar in other instances, he wants Bartimaeus to, to verbalize his faith, to demonstrate that he believes that Jesus you know, can, can do this for him. Now, Bartimaeus could have answered, Rabbi, could I have a few shekels to uh, be able to buy some food and have some food? But he doesn't settle for that. He, he asked for something much greater much bigger. Verse 51, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. So fortunately, uh, he doesn't just settle for a few shekels. He, he asked for his sight, a request only God could grant him. He wants to see the faces of his family. He wants to see a sunrise and a, and a sunset. He wants to see a, the mountains and, and the sea. And can, can, you, can you sense the gravity here of this moment? After all of these years, could, could this possibly happen? And then we read verse 52. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now there's a couple of words here in the Greek, the New Testament language, I want to point out because of, of uh, really the, the importance of, of these words in the story. The word healed that Jesus uses here is the word sozo, which means to save. And so the context determines the meaning. And certainly Jesus, you know, saves Bartimaeus here from his, his blindness. But I also think there's a sense in which uh, Mark is indicating that he, he saved him from his sins here. He's, he, he talks about immediately after receiving this miracle of his, his uh, sight that he follows Jesus. And the word here for followed that is used carries with it the idea of not just starting something, but then continuing on to follow as well. And 
certainly there's a very good possibility that Bartimaeus follows Jesus into Jerusalem and with his newly healed eyes is able to witness the triumphal entry of Christ and then a week later his crucifixion. I mean, what, what, a, what a story for us here to begin our, our study of Mark. A, a story of great love that we see and compassion from Jesus and power that he is able, you see, and willing to cheer us up. And I've got three takeaways from this story that I want to share with you. But first of all, I want to I talk a little bit about healing and about how God answers and responds to our requests. Because I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, certainly there were others there along the roadside there that were, were begging and asking and in need of, of being healed that, that weren't. Now, now, maybe they didn't call out to Jesus like Bartimaeus did, but, but maybe they did. Maybe they didn't have the faith to believe that Jesus, you know, could do it like Bartimaeus had, but, but maybe they did. Jesus always answers our prayers, but does not always answer them as we, as we would expect him to, because his ways are different than our ways. His ways are, are higher. They're, they're, more, they're superior. He, he, his ways have uh, eternity in mind, you see. We, we've got this moment in mind or maybe the next week in mind, but he's, he's coming from eternity, and so his ways are, are so very different. And, and sometimes when we call out to him, he does remove the pain or the circumstance that is causing the pain in our life. But there are other times that instead of that, he gives us the, the comfort that we need and the strength that we need to go through that circumstance, you see. One thing we can know for sure is that he is committed to not ever leave us alone in our pain. God always says yes to our spiritual healing. And sometimes he, he will work through physical suffering to blank, bring us to a place of spiritual healing in our life. So, you know, blindness, poverty, injustice, illness, these, these are painful things, but they are temporary conditions. When one, you know, is finally gone from our lives, there's an, another that's going to be following. Our greatest need is... Uh, to overcome death itself, to enter into an eternal relationship with God, where we can have a sense of confidence and assurance that, that one day none of these things will be able to harm us again. And so I remind us of these wonderful words in Revelation 21, where John writes, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So in heaven, there will be no more poverty. There will be no more blindness or sickness and and no more suffering and sadness and, and no more you know, crime and, and no more hate and no more you know, death. I mean, these things, they'll, they'll all be, be gone. 
God makes this promise to every believer. So sometimes Jesus chooses to heal us here on this earth. Sometimes he chooses to wait and heal us in eternity with him in heaven. Does God always heal? The answer to that question to, you know, for followers of Jesus like Bartimaeus is, yes, absolutely he does. But, but sometimes, or but God determines the when and, and the how that healing occurs. And sometimes, you know, the when is when our time here on earth is over and he, he takes us to be with him in heaven for eternity. And so as we think about these things then, I want you to, to close your eyes for just a moment and put yourself in the scene of our story where you are along that roadside. Coming around Jericho as Jesus is beginning that climb up to Jerusalem and, and you hear that he's coming by. Now Bartimaeus, he was blind, but let me ask you, what is, what is the burden in your heart? You know, it I didn't take me very long in being in vocational ministry to understand everyone has a burden. Everybody's burdened by something. What is the burden of your heart? Maybe for you it's a loved one that you have a burden for that is sick, uh, that maybe is depressed or maybe struggling with an addiction and seeking to overcome that. Maybe you yourself are, are struggling with an addiction. Maybe for you, uh, the burden that you're dealing with is a debilitating disease or a, a life-threatening illness, disease that you have, cancer perhaps it is. Maybe it's, it's a genetic problem that there's been a burden since your birth that you've dealt with or, or a disability that an accident or an injury has occurred. Maybe for you, it's your marriage that is a burden and, and there's a brokenness there and there's an emptiness and a confusion there. Maybe it's an emotional burden that you have right now, uh, that, that there's been betrayal, there, there's been rejection that you've had to go through. Maybe it's a, a financial burden, a loss of income. Maybe it's a spiritual burden, a moral failure, a, a sin that, that has happened that you wish you could go back and, and undo. But what is the burden of your heart? Okay, if you, if you still have your eyes closed, <laughs> go ahead and open them back up. But Bartimaeus calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so for God to cheer you up then, the first thing that you need to do is to reach out to Jesus. And maybe, maybe there's some friends or maybe, uh, maybe some college professors or maybe family members that are saying, be quiet, you know, be quiet. Don't, don't listen to them. Continue to call out to Jesus. Call out to him to have mercy on you. Call out to him to help you. And just be confident that as he was with Bartimaeus here, Christ has great compassion and sympathy. That he is a sympathetic savior. That he, he cares about your sorrow. That he, he sees your pain. That he, he, he uh, enters into the, the worries and the fears and the weariness that, that you experience in your life. He is here. 
in this moment of worship. Those of you online, he, he is there with you right where you are. And I just would invite you to call out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In fact, I would invite you to just verbally express that aloud if you feel like you want to. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have, have mercy on me. Now, as the disciples did in the story, I have the privilege and joy as a disciple of Jesus to say to you, cheer up. Good news. I've got good news for you. Christ is calling you, you see. And as you reach out then to Jesus, I'd like for you to just hear him ask you the question that he asked Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, go. Your faith has healed you. And so for God to cheer you up, then, then the second thing that you need to do is you need to demonstrate your faith in Jesus. Nothing, I think, makes Jesus happier than when we believe in him, when life gets hard. When you demonstrate your faith in God in some way, what you're doing is inviting the, Jesus Christ to pour his goodness and to pour his grace into your life. Let me read a very important verse to you about this from Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anybody who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Nothing touches God's heart as much as when you choose to put your trust completely in him. Let me ask you, do you believe that he will reward you if you earnestly seek him? Do you believe that? This isn't just something that we do, you know, when we first ask Jesus to be the savior of our life. This is to be our way of life, that every day we are to demonstrate our faith and in every situation we are to demonstrate our, our faith in God. And in a few minutes here at the end of the message, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that because I'm gonna begin our prayer time with silence and just let you quietly answer this question from Christ. What do you want me to do for you? But in the last sentence of the story, it says, and immediately Bartimaeus received his sight and then he followed Jesus. And so then for God to cheer you up, then the third thing that you're going to need to do is you're going to need to devote yourself to him and to follow him. And I, you know, and I shared at the beginning that this one campaign that we are entering into, the, the, the purpose really of this campaign is to encourage you, to cheer you up, to give you a reason to smile on the inside and a big smile on the outside as well. Does the name, do you recognize the name George Mueller? He, uh, he's an incredible evangelist, but you know, back in the 19th century, let me just share a little bit about about him. Just a, a wonderful follower of Jesus. He cared for over 10,000 orphans 
in his ministry. He, he began 117 schools and educated more than 120,000 children. What a legacy he left. Well, somebody made a remark about him one, one time that stuck. Let, let me read it to you. They said, he had the 23rd Psalm written in his face. I want you to listen to some words that he wrote. There was a day when I died, died to George Mueller, his opinions, preferences, tastes, and will, died to the world, its approval or censure, died to the approval or blame even of my brethren or friends, and since then I have studied only to show myself approved unto God. And George Mueller came to know the smile and the joy and the cheer and the fullness that is found when a person is fully devoted in his or her life to Jesus. And this is what the One Campaign is, is, is all about, to be able to, to share with people in cities around the world, hey, Cheer up. I've got good news for you. Christ Jesus is calling for you. And so I just would encourage you to commit to, you know, every, the, the next seven weeks as we make our way up to Easter to, you know, to, to participate every week in our worship services, either online or here on campus as we go through the gospel of Mark. And also then to Invite God to work through you by reaching out and inviting somebody else to participate as well. Somebody that God puts on your heart, maybe that needs, you know, cheering up right now. And I would also encourage you then to participate in one of our Mark study groups. As we have a number of our, our groups that are going to be watching the story of Mark and then asking and answering questions and inviting God to continue to work through this wonderful gospel in our groups. And if you'd like to join a Mark study group, you, if you'll go to our website, bscc.org, and to the connect, and just click on connect, and then click on our adult groups, it'll, it'll give you our, our Mark study groups that you can find a time that works well. And, and if you'd like some assistance on that, or if you'd like to begin a Mark study group, we'd like to see even more of these they're very, you know, I think easy to, to, to lead and such that uh, reach out to our Minister of Engagement, Tom Wurstel. He'd be glad to help you with that. And then something else that's a part of the One Campaign that I sure hope you'll participate in is starting on the 17th, we are going to begin listening to the other Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and John's account of Jesus' life through the Bible Is app. And so you're able to, to get that app at your app store there. It, you can find it there. And, and as you download it, you'll, you'll see the listening plan. It's only about 10 minutes a day, starting on the 17th all the way through Easter, where you'll be able to listen to these other three Gospels as well. And then as you download this app, you can share it. You know, via email or text to, to friends and other you know, family and invite them to, to just be blessed by being able to 
uh, hear and bring into their minds and hearts these other gospel accounts of the story of Jesus. Now, if you would prefer to read rather than listen, uh, we also have a, a printable, a printable uh, plan, uh, a uh, the plan of these three gospels at our website. If you go there to our 1KC page, you'll, you'll see uh, that written out there for you as well. But Church, as we immerse ourselves in the story of Jesus in these four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we're, we're confident, we're excited that God is going to do a, a great, great working. One word, one church, and one Lord. That's, that's the vision of this campaign. And we're going we're gonna to be praying and just believing God to do a revival here in Kansas City and, and just around the world as, as uh, you know, the Holy Spirit reaches out to encourage and uplift and cheer and draw to Christ, you know, many, many people. And so that's, that's where we're headed. And it, again, it all just, there's kind of a crescendo, kind of a culmination that's going to happen on Easter weekend. April 4th is that Resurrection Sunday, the most important event in human history. But like I mentioned, I, I want to I wanna enter into our prayer time with some silence and just invite you to demonstrate your faith by answering that question that Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? Let's go to our Lord in prayer together. We rejoice, Lord God, as Bartimaeus rejoiced when Christ called him to come to him. We reach out to you right now. We need you. We long to be near you. Thank you that you say to us, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We thank you for that, that forgiveness and that, that freedom and that sense of joy and anticipation as we draw near to you, Jesus. Thank you for speaking to us as we have, have prayed to you and as a demonstration of our faith, saying this, this is what we would like for you to do. We honor you in, in acknowledging your ways are so superior to ours that as we lift up our prayers to you now and, and every day, that we just, we just release the outcome to you. As we say to you, Jesus, have your way in us. We want to follow you. We, wanna, we, we devote ourselves to you as we begin this journey through the Gospel of Mark and and the other Gospels as well. Lead us. May we walk closely with you. We, we want to serve you. We want to obey you. We want to we please you. We, we want
want to be near you and with you. You are our Savior. You are our Lord. You are our friend. You are our elder brother. You are our, our high priest. And we thank you that you are a sympathetic high priest, that you, you see us in our sadness and pain, and you, you sympathize with our burdens. And so we, we are grateful, so grateful to you, Jesus, that you, you know us, and you stop, and you call out to us. And we come to you now, cheered up and inspired by your loving kindness, your compassion, your power, your promises. Keep us close that we might be a light for you in the days to come, that, that there might be a warmth and a genuineness about our face, our, the, the countenance of our disposition that reflects that you, Lord Jesus, you reign over our lives. You, you are on the throne of our hearts. Oh, thank you for these things. Thank you for your joy, Lord, as we pray to you. In the name of Christ and all of God's people said, amen. Let's sing together and stand, please.
promise. My confidence is in Him and Him alone. We sing, I will rest. promises are true and he has proven that in his son Jesus that he has sent his son to die for us on the cross so that we may be sons and daughters of the living God. Would you please just have a seat as we come into a time of communion and I hope that you were able to grab a cup and if you're joining online we want to invite you into this time as well just using whatever you have available there to remember the body and the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross as we just come together and remember the promises on which our, our joy is based not on not on happenstance, not on things of, of this earth, but things above in Jesus Christ. He is our joy. And so let's just remember that as we eat together the body that was broken in remembrance of him. In the same way, let's also just drink in remembrance of the blood that was shed.
Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. Lord, beyond our deserving, beyond our understanding. Lord, we know that you were with us at all times. And Father, it's only by your grace, Lord, that we can be in a relationship with you. Father, you are holy and perfect in all of your ways. Lord, help us to choose, Lord, to live in the joy that we have in Jesus. Help us to choose to live in that daily. Father, help us to not be overcome by the things of the world, Lord, that so easily entangle us and, and drag us down. But Father, help us to uh, just fix our eyes, our minds, our thoughts, every part of us, Lord, upon you, upon your goodness and upon your love. Father, be with us now. Guide us through our weeks. We choose to honor you in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us, whether you're online or in person. We pray that you just have a wonderful week. If you could just hang, hang out for just a minute, we're gonna have someone come and dismiss you. Hope you have a great week.